A reading from Psalm 3, a psalm of David when he fled from his brother Absalom. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Well, do you ever get that uh, Monday morning feeling, maybe Tuesday morning feeling, when your mind is filled with worries about the week ahead, such that you'd rather stay in bed and pull a duvet over your head? If so, Psalm 3 is for you. The psalmist has woken up to a new day in which he's faced with huge problems. So the psalm begins, Lord, how many are my foes? And in this psalm, we see how looking to God helped him. To face the day. The psalm begins with a problem. So verse 1. Lord how many are my foes. How many rise up against me. Many are saying of me. God will not deliver him. The title of the psalm reveals what was going on. It says a psalm of David. When he fled from his son Absalom. This particular episode. Recounted in 2 Samuel 15. It was one of the lowest points in David's life. David was king, but his son Absalom betrayed him and he mounted a coup. And David faced losing everything, his throne, his palace, his kingdom, and indeed his very life. So his son was out to kill him. David's world was falling apart, and tragically these woes were largely of his own making. He was in deep, deep trouble. In verses 1 to 2, he says three times that he had many foes. Most of the people had been won over by Absalom, his son. Now, this experience of David, God's king, foreshadows that of the ultimate king, Jesus the Christ. How many were the foes of Jesus? He had many thousands against him, seeking to kill him. He was betrayed. He was mocked by people who said in the words of verse 2 there, that many are saying God will not deliver him. And how many were his spiritual enemies as well? He came from heaven to earth to take on the greatest enemies of humanity. Sin, death, judgment, and the spiritual forces of evil led by the devil. And so this psalm should make us very thankful for him. That he went through all this for us, he came into the world... To do battle with our greatest enemies. But if we're those in Christ, we too will face many enemies. Many Christians around the world do have people persecuting them. But all Christians face enemies in the shape of difficult circumstances and pressures. And spiritual enemies, the spiritual forces of evil. 
and our temptations and sins. And we cry out with the psalmist, O Lord, how many are my foes? It's one of the great things about the psalms that they're not written in some ivory tower or in some scholar's study, but they're written in the muck of life. So here in Psalm 3, life is falling apart. And this gritty reality of the Psalms has made them very precious to God's people down the ages. I hear that you had Jonathan Aiken speaking in this chapel one evening last week. Former cabinet minister who was convicted of perjury and sent to prison. He faced enormous pressures. Defeat, disgrace, divorce, bankruptcy, jail what he calls a royal flush of crises by anyone's standards. Just before going to the Old Bailey, a friend gave him a little booklet of the Psalms. And on his first night in prison, he read Psalm 130. He'd been on a journey of spiritual exploring leading up to this moment. And what a difference it made. So he said this, in fact, he wrote this. The author of the Psalm had been there before me, Some 3,000 years earlier, he had experienced very similar emotions of despair to mine. He had found a route to climb out of his depths with God's help, and he had signposted that route. From that day, he made it his routine in prison to think and pray over two or three psalms a day. And the results, he says, were amazing. As he faced three categories of problems. Immediate problems... So how to survive in prison. External problems, media attacks, financial ruin, family worries. And spiritual problems, how to stay calm and find peace. And he's written a book about it called Psalms for People Under Pressure. Are you under pressure? I'll join the club, a club that is at least 3,000 years old. And here is the club manual. Make the Psalms your own. Secondly, how does the psalmist respond faced with these foes? Verse 3, he says, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head high. I called out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. But you, but you, verse 3. David turns to God, he prays to God, he fills his mind with God. And he says that you are a shield around me. Many years before, the Lord had revealed himself to Abraham. And he had said this, Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield. The Lord protects his people. He watches over them. David fills his vision with God and he prays to him. And the Lord answers him. As with David... So with the ultimate son of David, the Christ, as he faced his many foes, he did precisely as David did. He cried out to the Lord. He filled his vision with God. Hebrews 5, 7 says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard. God did deliver him. And we give thanks to God for that. But this response of David and of the Christ is also a model for those in Christ. That as we look to the Lord in the spiritual battle, we're assured that he is our shield. That he will shield us from the 
coming judgment, because Christ died for our sins on the cross. But even in the present, he is our shield in the battle of daily life. Life in a fallen world, the muck of life as we look to him and we pray to him. This past weekend I was down in East Sussex and when I booked my train ticket I got this confirmation email from Trainline which just said in large type, congratulations, you're going to battle, which was my destination town. And that was, as Christians that would be a good reminder email to get from God in our inbox every morning. Congratulations, you're going to battle. Spiritual battle. But as we look to the Lord... He will be our shield. So what troubles are you facing at the moment? What's on your mind as you lie awake in bed on a Monday morning? Are you crying out to the Lord? Are you filling your vision with him? Thirdly, look at the difference it makes doing this. So over the page, verse 5. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. The result of crying out to the Lord and filling his vision with him was that in spite of overwhelming odds, the king wasn't afraid. So in verse 5 he says he had a good night's sleep. Verse 6 says that he's got out of bed without fear as he faces the day. He's at peace. And as with King David, so with King Jesus, if anyone had pressures and temptations and sorrows, it was him. And yet he was not afraid, he was not overwhelmed, he was at peace, because the Lord was his shield and he sustained him. And thank goodness the Lord did sustain him, because our salvation, of course, depended on the Christ keeping going. And as those in Christ, that can be our experience too. No fear in the face of enemies that threaten to overwhelm us. No fear in the face of the coming judgment. Romans 8.1 says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No need, no need to fear death. Delivered in Christ from what Hebrews 2.15 calls the lifelong slavery of the fear of death. Because we know that Christ has conquered death for us. But the Christian can also be free from fear in the everyday pressures as well. I wonder what fears are threatening to overwhelm you at the moment. Fear about your future. Fear about a work situation. Your health. Financial worries. What other people think of us. Some temptation that keeps returning. Or maybe some sin that is on your conscience. This is saying pray. Cry out to the Lord. Fill your vision with him. And he will give you his peace. Philippians 4, 6 famously says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guide our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. As the old hymn says, Oh what peace we often forfeit, oh what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so Jonathan Aiken again, I mean, he describes his first evening in Bellamarsh Prison, so one of, one of London's toughest and largest jails. 
As he sat there in his cell that first evening, the other prisoners were shouting out questions and answers to each other across the cell block about what they were going to do to to him the next morning, how they were going to beat him up. He writes, nothing had prepared me for the viciousness, the venom and the, the violence of that quizzy, as it was called. So I was terrified. I felt utterly helpless and totally vulnerable. I was paralysed with fear. But he knelt down there that first evening on his cell floor and he says he tried to pray. And he read Psalm 130 and he says this, A warm and comforting wave of reassurance flooded over me. Well, that's peace in the storm. That's what this psalmist is talking about. And in fact, that psalm was such a help to to him that he prayed over it every single day of his imprisonment and he has shared it with numerous groups since. On one occasion, with the staff of the White House, with a group of some 60 of President Bush's top staffers who had turned up to discuss the psalm. And the psalm ends with the assurance of deliverance. Verse 7, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God, strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance, may your blessing be on your people. Arise, O Lord. In Numbers 10.35, whenever the Ark of the Covenant set out, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. And the king here is assured that the Lord will do that. He will save the king. He will defeat his enemies. And it's violent imagery, isn't it? Strike them on the, the cheek, break their teeth. And so the Lord did for David, and so he did for the Christ. That on the cross, he did defeat his enemies. The devil, the forces of evil, our sin and the judgment it deserves. And in his resurrection, the Lord did did deliver him from death, and he did save him, and he did exalt him far above all his enemies. And if we're those in Christ this lunchtime, we rejoice in that. The psalm ends, may your blessing be on your people. So because the Lord delivered his Christ from his enemies, his blessing is on us, his people, and his salvation comes to us. And we know that at Christ's return, all our enemies, be they physical or spiritual, will be dealt with once and for all, when the Lord arises in final judgment. And in our everyday lives, as we look to the Lord to arise to deliver us from all our enemies, our spiritual enemies, the devil, the forces of evil, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from the evil one. And also to deliver us from all our troubles that we face in everyday life. One of the worst of Jonathan's external troubles while he was in prison He says it was a legal action that was taken against him by the Guardian newspaper and Granada television. And in despair, he and a group of prisoners got together and they prayed through Psalm 37, which begins, Do not fret, the Lord will bring forth your justice. And he did in a remarkable way, and the case against him was thrown out. And Aitken says, It was the first of many good answers which came our way over the next few months from praying the Psalms. Sometimes the Lord does that. He delivers us out of our troubles, now, as we look to him. 
And other times he delivers us, he delivers us in our troubles as they continue, but he is our shield in the midst of it all. But ultimate deliverance from all our troubles and all our enemies will come when the king returns. And in the meantime, the Psalms are given us to help us, to sustain us as we journey on as the people of God until that final day.